Well, big pharmaceutical companies begin an intensive process of creating a narrative around the drugs that they're creating, even years before those drugs make it to market. We're about to show you how that process works. And some say it's nothing less than propaganda disguised as scientific research. comes to relieving arthritis pain. Well, turn on your TV just about any time of day and you see them. Commercials from drug companies about the latest designer drug made to make your life better, to fix your restless leg syndrome, depression, your anxiety, your back pain, your erectile dysfunction. If you have it, there's probably a drug to treat it. And while millions of Americans are looking to these drugs for relief, most have no idea the business behind these drugs. When you slice and dice data and only show portions of it, you can, you can spin it any way that you like. Well, Lori Powell spent 10 years as a brand strategist for medical education agencies. Her primary role, monitoring drugs that appeared to have the ability to treat a common or a wide ranging problem. Now, once one of those compounds is found, Lori would go to work years before that drug ever hits the market. Lori's job was to begin convincing physicians of the value of the drug, value that had not been proven on any level. And it would start with like New England Journal of Medicine and JAMA, those kinds of large publications. And then they would go down to the sub publications that are particular for that therapeutic category, such as, you know, for cardiologists. And um, we plan it out over the next few years, how we're going to take the messages that come from the data, which we slice and dice that up and disseminate those messages throughout those publications over a course of years. Okay, so here's how it works. According to Lori, these ad agencies, they start their process by creating articles written by ghostwriters. These agencies work closely with the pharmaceutical companies to touch on exactly what benefits they want to highlight. Using words like promising results, these scientific articles aren't actually scientific at all. And yet they're submitted to and published by some of the biggest scientific journals in the nation, like the New England Journal of Medicine. Those articles in medical publications are now picked up by newspapers and television news reports. We're also, you know, leaking them out, especially in, in a high profile, um, and I'm using New England Journal of Medicine because it is so high profile. Those things will also be picked up by, you know, like Science Times. So in short, some of these reports in scientific journals that boast of promising results of up and coming drugs are not only not scientific, but are really nothing short of propaganda, paid for by ad agencies working with the pharmaceutical companies. Now, how this strategy works? Well, that's explained by Marcia Angel, a former editor with the New England Journal of Medicine. This is corrupting uh, research and making the public and doctors uh, think that prescription drugs are much better and safer than they really are. I saw an enormous change in the relationship of uh, academic medicine and clinical research to the drug companies. Uh, and I saw more and more bias introduced into the research. And one of the worst forms of bias is that the uh, drug companies will not permit researchers to publish negative results. If the drug doesn't look good, it's not published, it's buried. Which leads us to ask, who's being targeted with this strategy? Well, Lori says it's physicians. And we're really targeting the, the prescription writers. Well, what's more, it's actually physicians, some of the best in the world, who are paid very well to influence other physicians. They become 
their advisory board. They get, they tell them this will fly, this will not fly. They are paid for their time, they're paid for their travel, and they're paid for anything else that um, would involve their um, participation. So what is the role of the advisory board? Well, simply put, physicians are brought in and they are paid large sums of money to propagandize other physicians. They're called key opinion leaders for a reason. They are the key to making that message valid because once they validated the message, all of the people that look up to them, there are physicians that everyone knows who they are. They're the top in their field. They're the top in the country. They might even be the top in the world. And everyone who is a scriptwriter is going to uh, follow their lead. It's very lucrative for them. It's so lucrative for them that most of them don't even practice. They just are going, they, they are sometimes on advisory boards for several companies um, and they are paid, you know, quite well hundreds of thousands of dollars to be advisors for Big Pharma. So what you need to know here is that the role of advisory boards, the media, and many so-called scientific journals, well, it's the same. It's to influence your view and the view of your doctor about a certain drug. It's all based on the influence of groupthink. If the top physicians believe in a certain drug and that it must be good, well, then it must be good. Never mind that those top physicians are being paid to think the drug is good. If the New England Journal of Medicine says a drug is promising, well, then it must be promising, right? Never mind the fact that the article in the journal may have been written by a ghostwriter, paid for by the pharmaceutical company creating the drug. Look, in short, Big Pharma has found a way to influence every opinion you might have about their drugs before you even have an opinion.